0: All your base art belong to us.
1: Hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy, I'm a writer, and uh, I don't know what free time is or how to use it. I'm Mary, I'm a marketer, and uh, we did Archer yesterday. We did. That yeah. is true. That's a thing I did. Yeah, in my free time. Yeah. Um, you have to go. You have to go first because okay. I didn't do that much. I've wa- like I've talked about two of these things before already. Like
0: okay. So, um, I watched Promising Young Women, which is a movie which um, men are not killed, um, which is what I thought. But it's okay because it was still a really good movie. Uh, the premise is a woman goes out and she um doesn't i don't even say that she lures men because she does
1: everything you're not that they tell you not to do to to avoid being sexually assaulted
0: yeah because and so she acts like she's drunk or out of it and when they the bad person brings her home she uh will snap out of it quote unquote snap out of it and be like you were going to rape me weren't like, essentially you were going to rape me. And now you have to live with the fact that I know that. And like, think about your life. And um, it all started because her best friend um, committed suicide after she was um, raped in front of a group of men. And um, it was, and so she essentially She's not like getting back at them obviously. Well, eventually. But she's trying to make things right I think in her head, right? So, it was a
1: really hard movie to watch. It's like one woman single-handedly trying to end rape culture.
0: Yeah, and like you can't you can't do that. Um, unfortunately. And uh it was really it felt really real and really raw and sad, but like The like it was so bright and colorful and i don't even know this i keep thinking about this movie um they set up pretty early like anybody can can be this person who takes home a girl and rapes her like the first thing they get is like the nice guy which is seth cohen uh adam brody and he even kind of in the beginning is like you know guys like no she's clearly out of it and he's like okay i'll go help her and then he takes her home and and uh sexually assaults her and um and it's kind of like even the nice guys sometimes the nice guys are worse Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it sets up like it doesn't matter who the man is this is just the culture in which we live in and it sucks and so it was just i don't know missy's watched it what did you think
1: well, I talked about it when I watched it, which I think was earlier this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I really liked it, and I felt that there was a perception that it was going to be Birds of Prey, too,
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: not. Mm-mm. And if you go into it with that idea, you're going to be disappointed. This is not yeah. um, This is not the feminist answer to I Spit on Your Grave, um, which I think is what some people wanted it to be. I would love that. And I don't think the the movie is not worse because it isn't. No, that's the thing is I think people went into it with with an expectation, and that expectation wasn't satisfied. And I think like I think I don't know that it got compared to Birds of Prey, but like color wise, and like the feel of the trailers does feel kind of like Birds of Prey and that it's like a a revenge film based on the based on the um, oppression and victimization of women. Um, on the basis of being women, not on the basis of anything else, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think there was a perception that this movie was going to be empowering, and it is not. It is not, and
0: it's not meant to be. It is, the twist in it is really good. Like, there's, like, two twists. And one of them I saw coming, and I was very, I'm like, no, please let me be wrong. Yeah. Please let me be wrong. But it had to be right. Like, it had to be it, it the movie was better because of it um and the second twist was just really difficult it was so fucking difficult to watch I don't even know guys I don't even know I keep thinking about this movie I think we should do an episode on it I think it's in our list yeah it, it it's gonna be heavy
1: yeah I think I really liked it like I genuinely thought it was a really good movie it's, def- it's definitely one where you want to read does the dog die before you watch it yeah yeah um so that you're prepared and and if you are gonna watch it and you haven't yet, and you don't know what happens in it, no going in it's not birds of prey Mm-mm. like it's not it's not that kind of movie. I think that the movie's biggest flaw in terms of like the way it was received is the question of who the audience is meant to be because if it's if it's a film about empowerment, it doesn't work mm-hmm. but if the audience is the people who need to see it they are not going to see it because the perception is it's a movie about female empowerment. Mm-hmm. That I think is the biggest flaw is the question of who is the audience. Um, which I mean, I don't know that there's an easy like, Oh, they should have done X, Y, Z because I think this is a perfectly good story to tell. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think that every story needs to be about empowerment to be appealing to the audience that it, is courting, you know, I, like t- it's not like I watched the movie and was like, "Wow, I feel great about myself now." um It was more so like a reminder, yeah. And it's like, "Well, is that is that meant like, do I need that in my life?" Not really, but that doesn't mean that the movie is bad. Yeah, you know that that's kind of how I feel about it. Is I maybe it needed to be marketed a little bit more in the vein of a horror.
0: I don't know, maybe it was, maybe they did it, like, it would be awful, but, like, maybe they did it on purpose, of, like, you go to a party, you think you're gonna have a real good time, and then you fucking don't. I don't think so, because then they would be warning the wrong people. That's true. And they know it. Like, they
1: know that that's not the audience that needs to be warned about it. Yeah. It's, that is, I guess, the biggest question I have about it, is who was the intended audience? But I don't feel that the movie is bad, because I went to see it, and I felt like, I already knew this. But it was still so
0: difficult.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is, I, I don't think that it's bad to watch a movie like this and to feel bad afterward. I think that's like...
0: I think it made it work.
1: Yeah. You I, should feel bad after this. Yeah. I feel I, bad. Especially because some of the movie is about the complicity of women. Yep. In rape culture, you know? Uh, So I don't know. I thought it was really good. I thought it was great. And I understand, you know, why people were put off by the events of the movie. And I don't think that like there's anything wrong with going into it and being surprised and, you know, affected um, negatively by the events of the movie. But if you do want to watch it, do read Does the Di- Dog Die Beforehand. You yeah. will be spoiled for it. But trust me, it's for the best.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I 100% agree because the twist at the very end I 100% did not expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect the last third of the movie to happen. Yeah. And I think that that is where like, if you're going to find any place that feels like vindicated i guess you can find it there yeah um but still letting they're still letting you know nope yeah there is there is no justice for these women no and there 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 is no justice for them and i think that's kind of the story is there's nothing she can do that will stop it Mm -hmm. that will justify it that and even honestly, that'll make a lot of the men that she talked to question themselves. Mm-hmm. Like there's the initial, like, how could I be that person? But I think they make it pretty clear in parts of the movie of it's really also really easy for them to say it's not my fault.
1: Right. I think the movie we should just do an episode yeah. on it. Because we could go round and round on yeah. this forever. But I think it's a I think it's a good movie. Like I really genuinely think that. And I I think it's very effective, and I think mm-hmm. it's okay to watch it and feel upset, and to be upset that the movie, um, the movie did not satisfy the 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 need or the want that you had for it. But I also don't think that the movie is wrong for targeting you know a predominantly female audience and then hitting them with truths that are not empowering. I don't think that makes it a bad work of art.
0: No, I agree, and I I, I think that they're just. I, I really, yeah, we really need you to emphasize on this because I, I'd say there's something to do, like, there's something to say about the colors that they use mm. and this, this not false idea of empowerment, but like you, you can go into that seeing that and being like, okay, yeah, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel a certain way after she's talked to these men. And you, mm. you really don't. And I think, and I just think that that hits, hits it home. I almost think like going in, not necessarily thinking something else or expecting something else, but not expecting what you're going to get really kind of hits home this parts of what they're trying to say of um a lot of the, there is no vindication for these women. Mm. You thought you, you thought you might, but, but there's, there isn't. Rape culture goes deeper than the
1: interactions between any, yeah. any individuals. So, and I think, I think that's something that the movie gets across. Yeah. But it doesn't do it in a way that is reaffirming. It does it yeah. in a way that's
0: like, yeah, that's I think true. it's important to have both kinds of stories.
1: I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. If you want a rape revenge film that is like gory and vindicating, um, there's one by a French director that I saw and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I believe it's on Shudder. Um, it is directed by a woman. Uh, I want
0: to know. that?
1: I know I watched it and I thought it was okay. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed by it, but the, I don't really like, you know, slashers,
0: so. I want to, that could be one that Bob and I watch. You can look it up and I'll finish what I have to say. Um, I don't have much else to say in that. It was, I thought it was an extremely good movie. And. Uh, it's just called Revenge. Oh, <laughs> it's just called Revenge. Let me, let me <laughs> I'm this. pretty
1: sure it's this one. Yeah, it's that one. It's just called Revenge. Um, It is written, di- written and directed by Coralie Fargiat. Okay, I Uh and I'm pretty sure I watched it on Shudder. If you like slasher films and you want... Like, here's the thing. It's still... When I say it's a rape revenge film, it is a rape revenge film. There is graphic sexual assault. Um, mm. But the revenge is much heavier here um, and filmed through the perspective of a woman rather than something like I Spit on Your Grave, which while I found to be a really interesting film, um, is still very, like... Titillating to in, in the in the first half, like titillating to the audience. I, I find it very interesting, but like it's if you know if we're talking about a counterbalance to the like depression of promising young woman. I would not recommend spit on your grave. Yeah, um, but if you want that gory, brutal um, revenge, then you know maybe the re- the film revenge would this do that is for
0: you like almost the opposite of a reg- like Rape revenge i'm going to i'm going to say something that's spoilery so if you don't want this spoiled for you which is fair don't listen to this i think there's something to be said with the fact that once she actually decides to cause harm physical harm that's when she dies Mm -hmm. and i think there's something that like we all want that we all wanted her to write nina's name on him and you have to live with it and she doesn't even get close to being able to truly do it yeah and i think that that was hard and important and just kind of like that's that like that's the reality is it not like that's our reality unfortunately Mm -hmm. um and it fucking sucks Yeah. And I I didn't, the movie
1: does not, it did not like depress me or anything like that, because I already know that Mm -hmm. that is true. It did not surprise me in that way. But I think that it's still, it's important to recognize that like, there's nothing that we can do as individuals Mm -hmm. about the pervasiveness of rape culture. We cannot stop it as individuals. We cannot stop it by murdering men who commit rape that will not end rape culture Mm -mm. there is a lot more work that has to be done and also the burden should not fall to women or any rape victim to of, of any gender to solve rape culture yeah um i think it's a complicated movie with a complicated message um and i really liked it for that even though
0: at times it was difficult to watch I think, I think it was a really well done movie. Yeah. And if, if it's something, I agree. Go, go look at Does the Dog Die? If this at all, like, if it, if the things we're saying seem like, oh, maybe I should. The answer is yes, you should. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth watching. But trust me when I say it is not birds of prey. I cannot stress enough. Yeah. How it, much this film is it's not, not birds of prey. It's not. And it's, and it's a sad movie and a hard movie to watch. Um, but it's a well done movie and, um, unfortunately feels very realistic. Yeah. yeah uh, that's all I got.
1: <laughs> well, I would like to take us to the under, other end of the spectrum. Uh, I watched Top Gun.
0: Have you seen Top Gun before? No, I had not seen Top
1: Gun. But you had been on the ride. I have been on the ride at Great America. Um, Top Gun is a movie about two assholes in love, <laughs> uh, flying fighter jets Overwhelmingly, I thought this movie was fine. Um, I think I made the, so the first half of the movie is pretty different from the second half of the movie. Um, in the first half of the movie, it got, it, I think it has pretty bad reviews, but people really love it. Um, and my hypothesis while watching the first half, not knowing what happened in the second half, was I think people love to hate, or I think this got bad reviews because it is essentially a rom-com for men. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only because uh, Goose and Maverick are in love with each other and kiss each other on the mouth every night, Mm -hmm. um, but also because in the movie, um, Maverick is dating this woman. I also have to say, I'm watching the Almighty Johnsons as we're watching. uh, and, And I watched Top Gun in the middle of that. And the Almighty Johnsons, as we'll talk about in the in the Almighty Johnson's episode, no doubt, um, has the unsexiest sex scenes I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I was doing something and I looked up at the screen during a sex scene in um, Top Gun and that single sen- that single second I saw of the sex scene in Top Gun was sexier than any intentionally, any <laughs> sex scene in the Almighty Johnson's. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so my hypothesis was this is a rom-com for men. That's why the reception is so weird. Uh, and then the second half of the movie happens. It is not a rom-com for men. It doesn't know what it is. Have you seen Top Gun?
0: No. Oh.
1: (laughs) I'm not gonna. Well, I'm surprised that you haven't seen Top Gun. I'm not gonna. Um, Spoilers for Top Gun, a movie that came out in the 80s. Uh, (laughs) Goose fucking dies. Oh, no. I'm so upset. I was was not really enjoying the movie, but then I realized that I had an emotional investment (sighs) in the movie by by how upset I was that Goose dies. How could you do that? How could you kill Goose? How could you, that is a fucking crime. Uh, and then the remainder, the remaining half of the movie is just about Maverick's guilt over Goose's death because Maverick is predictably kind of a Maverick pilot. He's always <laughs> fucking around and um doing stunts and putting people in danger, blah, blah, blah. And then what happens with Goose is I think just kind of a, a series of, it's not really Maverick's fault, but like it kind of could be Maverick's fault if you look at it and he's cleared of the. Um, responsibility for it by the Air Force or the Navy. That's the Navy. Um, But uh, I can't fucking believe they killed Goose. And the second half of the movie is depressing because it's just about Maverick's responsibility. Why would you do that? Just let Maverick and Goose kiss. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I'm so... I'm still... Like, No! (laughs) You can't... It's like all of these heartwarming... Goose is a huge dingus first of all. His name is Goose. Um, not his real name, that's his call sign. But, um, there's like all these scenes of his, him, these heartwarming scenes of him like playing, they're all singing together, playing piano for his wife and child, and Tom Cruise is singing, everybody's singing and having a good time. And then he just fucking dies. It's so sad. Um, anyway, Top Gun, overwhelmingly fine, is <laughs> what I would give it. Um, people really like the, the fighter jet scenes. Um, they did nothing for me, but if you like action movies, maybe they would do something for you. For me, I'm just like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> um yeah, it was it was fine, is my take. Is Goose a guy? Okay?
0: Yeah. Oh, were you kidding when you said that they kiss at night?
1: Yeah, I was kidding. About
0: oh, that. I I thought that they kiss at night. No. And that was
1: I thought, okay. No, I I was like, oh, this is a different listen, movie than I thought. Listen, they kiss at night. <laughs> but they don't you do not ever see them kiss at night there's a lot of um there's a lot of gay jokes in the movie but like haha
0: <laughs> nudge nudge yeah in the way that it's like are you sure not really but maybe
1: like are you sh- are you sure um i think maverick and goose kiss each other okay I So thought this was a different movie and
0: then i thought it was a different movie and now i realize it's the movie yeah no <laughs> they do not literally kiss well, what a bummer
1: it is a bummer because then Goose dies and so the movie takes a radically different di- direction. What should have what should have happened is that Maverick is dating whatever the lady is and then um and then he realizes really he had feelings all along for Goose and then he and Goose kiss each other at the end. That was that's where the movie should have gone but instead <laughs> uh Goose fucking died. Um, I'm so sorry. It was
0: awful. That's all I have to say about Top Gun. I read One Last Stop by Casey McQuinston, who also wrote uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um, it, this one was really good as well. Uh, this one is about a girl named August who moves to New York and immediately finds a found family who are simply the best and better than all the rest. <laughs> um, and then she ends up meeting a girl on the subway named um her name is sue but i don't think that's what they call her jane um another girl named jane in which you quickly find out jane is stuck on the train um in time she's actually from the 70s i believe and she's living her life on the train and she kind of knows that she's on the train um but she really figures it out when august keeps coming back and they start You know, they do fun things like, let's figure out why you're on here and try to, um, like dig up some memories. Um, let's do it by kissing and thing, seeing if that reminds you of any other girlfriends you had. But it's just for research. Um, it wasn't for research. It's clear. Um, this move, this book was so adorable and very good. And I don't want to spoil it because it took me through it in the end. It's the same. Same thing as red, white, and royal blue in that I got, I got through most of it and I'm like, I haven't cried. That's pretty good. And then I'm just ugly crying through the last third of the book. I'm cry- I'm just like having to take breaks to just cry. Um, it was super good. There's a time heist, which is also really good. Um, there's, you know, there's representation, obviously, and, um, and, it's, it was just good. I really liked it. I loved the. I loved the characters. I think what this did better than Red, White, and Royal Blue were the other characters. Um, the side. I almost said sideshow. No, the side characters. I thought that they were more fleshed out and um more like able to have an investment in than the characters. I mean, there weren't that many side characters in Red, White, and Royal Blue, and there's like one, two. Three, four, at least four solid side characters um, that I got invested in all of their lives. Um But yeah, this was a really, this was a really good book. And if you liked Red, White, and Royal Blue, I highly suggest it. If it sounds fun to two girls trying to figure out why one's stuck in time and kiss for research, it's good. It's a good one. It's exactly what that is. And... Yeah, I don't want to say too much because I really want Missy to read it. And it's it's in my pile. It is in her pile. I have purchased it. It will be watched. Someday. I think you will like it. I'm excited. It's very good. And um, it's got all the things. It's got all the good stuff. That's what I like to hear. It's got all the good stuff.
1: Um, I rewatched Over the Garden Wall because it is the season. Um tis tis the season. Tis the season, the only season to me. Um and uh um Over the Garden Wall, if you haven't seen it, is a mini series that aired on Cartoon Network um overseen by Patrick McHale about two brothers, brothers, half brothers, <laughs> um Wirt and Greg. Wurt is me, uh unfortunately. Wurt is the older of the brothers. He's a real pessimist and um, likes poetry and being weird. Um, Greg is the younger brother. He is like an unflinching optimist. He just, you know, barges into situation with no fear of what's going to happen. And they are, you don't know why at the beginning, and I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. Um, They are exploring uh, a... A world that feels like a fairy tale. Um, And there's really no other way to describe it. Initially, they are warned about something called the Beast that will get them. Um, They don't know what it is. Uh, And then over the course of, I think, 10 episodes, they kind of go through these different little adventures in different areas of this place called the Unknown. Um, And they interact with some weird people doing different things. Um, If you haven't seen it, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's so good. Uh, We haven't done an episode on it yet, but it is in our list because I have so much to say. Just an unbelievable amount to say. Uh, Over the Garden Wall is one of my favorite pieces of media ever. Um, Just period. I wasn't sure if we had done it because we've had so many discussions about it. So I was like, did we? No, we haven't. We have not actually done an episode on it. Um, But it is one of my favorite pieces of media ever. I love it so much. If you haven't seen it, um, you should watch it, especially if you like things like Gravity Falls or Infinity Train, or um, what's another good comparison for this one? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if you like Guillermo del Toro, yeah, that's
0: that's accurate.
1: Like it's it obviously Guillermo del, del Toro does more adult-oriented media, but I feel like the themes are very similar. It's spooky. It's spooky, but it gets it gets kind of scary especially in the later episodes but um it's it's an animated series and it's wonderful i love it so much um it's an annual tradition you have to watch over the garden wall or you're not doing fall right it's true um that's all i have to say about it
0: i watched the documentary though let me make sure i'm saying this correctly this documentary because it was uh the way down uh fuck me that's the whole name (laughs) the way down fuck me (laughs) the way down the cult of gwen shamblin and i just want you to go look at the cover of this and know that that is not a caricature of this woman her hair truly is that tall um this is about this was a crazy like this was a crazy documentary about not necessarily like what happened but like Listen, okay. So the, is, this woman started a weight loss program in, I think it was the early 90s, and you did it through God. And essentially what it was, was intuitive eating. When you want to eat, but you're not hungry, go, turn to God. That's all it really was. And she found a lot of success. A lot of churches were doing it, and people became really obsessed with it. So logically, she thought, well, let's make a church. And so she made a church. In Brentwood, I don't know. I think it's the same town Britney Spears grew up in. Who knows? <laughs> and uh, this huge church in which uh, she had her followers come. And uh, you couldn't be in there if, you know, things like if you were overweight, then you really couldn't be in the church. If you uh, something bad happened, God is um, judging you and you are a bad person. Things like that. And she, as cults do, created this, this culture in which everything you needed was, you can get from other churchgoers. So if you needed your tires changed, someone there can do it. If you need childcare, someone there can do it. Uh, it do you need a job? We'll find a job for you. So it kind of puts you in the trap of, um, I'm getting my income from here or I've already invested time into this or i'm going to lose out on this and so it keeps people in and um it was wild uh it was a wild documentary It was really really good this woman is a bad person she is simply a bad person and uh one of the things that does happen which um I wouldn't watch if this is something that would make you upset is one of the, ch- one of the child, the child of a, of a, of a family is beaten to death. And you find out that it's a common, not beaten to death, but beating the children is a common thing that happens in the church. And that their parents are told to hit their kids with a glue stick, like a, like a long glue stick. Um, not like you open up the cap, but the one that you put through like a hot glue gun, And it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be just like a switch, essentially. Um, not the game, but, um, a piece of wood, twig. Anyways. Um, so she, there's that part of the story. I think the thing that was the most detrimental to this documentary is it didn't have, I think like each episode, there's three episodes and each episode tried to focus on, one part of it so one was about the the child one was about um the mother tra- a mother of a of a child trying to get custody back from um Gwen Shamblin and her new husband and how she was having a hard time doing that and how crazy her husband was and then there was something else but listen that's not the craziest part of this documentary here's the craziest part they're in 2021 making this documentary They've, they've done most of the stuff they're ready to go i think it's april june sometime in spring plan goes down all of the top people in this church are in it and they all die and at first i was like was this a thing like they knew they couldn't win so they're like all committed suicide um no what happened was is her husband who spent his life trying to do nothing and make money make the most money he could to do nothing he started a country music career he was an actor she essentially um provided him with all the money and support that he needed he didn't have to do anything and one of the things he wanted to learn was flying planes guess who was flying the plane guess who's an idiot and probably didn't really know how to fly a fuck a fucking plane um so they crashed into some water and all died and um yeah that's wild (laughs) Absolutely wild. I had never heard about this before. I'd never heard about The Way Down, um, but it's it's still around. It's being run by her daughter, who looks like a skeleton. Um, her story was really sad. Um, she had a miscarriage, so if that's going to be something you don't want to hear about, I would stay away from that as well. Um, she had a miscarriage, and essentially, they blamed it on somebody in the church was doing something wrong and God was judging them. And that's why she had the miscarriage. And so they had to go around to each family and do a checkup to make sure the families were not doing something that would cause God to judge them like a miscarriage. And the daughter went rail thin after that. And it was just, she looks like a ghost. She looks terrifying. She just looks so sad. Um, but yeah, this is still going on. And even though all the top people died, uh it was wild. It was good. If you love a good documentary, wild documentary, it's a good one. Nice. Yeah.
1: Can I tell you about some things? Sure. Not what I've been up to. It's uh
0: it's sponsor time. Sponsor time.
1: Um, I would like to tell you about Jeff Stevens games. Whoa. Uh producer What are games? <laughs> Why would you ask somebody who writes a gaming <laughs> website that question? Why would you do that? what are games you just summoned up a discourse from the dawn of time (laughs) what are games i will not be answering that question thank you but i will tell you about uh jeff stevens games the producer of best-selling fifth edition adventures and supplements such as the madhouse of tasha's kiss uh this is a little summary for you ready ready a small village, empty of villagers except for one boy, found sitting and weeping next to a jester's pageant wagon. The boy explains that the villagers, including his family, followed a jester into the wagon and never came out. That's fucked up. A portal to a pocket dimension is found inside the wagon, leading to a brass door with the word Madhouse etched into it. What lays beyond the door? What madness could the adventurers face? Can they save the villagers, or will they go mad trying? It's terrifying. Um, I like that it's the Madhouse of Tasha's Kiss. Because I read the title without reading the summary, and I thought it was, like, kissing. Yeah, it's <laughs> now, fair. Now I find that that's not true. <laughs> but I don't know. I haven't played it. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe there is kissing. Maybe there is kissing in it. Um, that is just one of the many uh, supplements and adventures that Jeff Steven produces. So... Um, We'll, we'll tell you about some more on future episodes. These are all—all all of their adventures are available in PDF, soft cover, or hardcover on the Dungeon Masters Guild. Uh, they even create a talk show called Jeff Talks RPGs, which is available <laughs> on Twitch, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, uh, where Jeff speaks with RPG industry creators and players about topics in the RPG industry. He's even interviewed Ed Greenwood.
0: Do they ask what our games? <sighs> You don't know what you're asking. I do know in... My eye
1: twitched. (laughs) I have allergies and my eye twitches all the time, but... But it What are games? Uh, Be sure to visit jeffstevensgames.com and subscribe to their mailing list for a free 5e PDF supplement. Free! Free, free, free! You simply cannot beat that price. Pew, pew, pew! Unless they paid you. That's true. That would be beating that price. That would be, yeah. It's not a price if they pay you, is it? Someone's paying the price. It's not games. That's ominous. (laughs) Uh, So I believe in the last episode, um, I did ban you from the wench wench bench for reasons I can't remember. It might have been when you called me a pervert or implied (laughs) that I was a pervert. Uh, (laughs) Sounds sounds true. Anyway, today I will invite you back to the wench bench. Back to the wench bench. You may take a seat with me on the wench bench. All right. I feel like I'm in a jury. Of the wench you are bench. being judged. If you, I will kick you off of the wench bench so fast. If, if you, I ask what games are? If you ask what games are, if you call me a pervert again, or imply that I'm a pervert, I think I call myself a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's my bench now. <laughs> Mary has to sit alone on the Winch Bench because I am not allowed. Uh, the Winch Bench is a podcast where two friends, Allison, a frustrated feminist, and Fonda, a positive-seeking adult, discuss fabulous fictional females. Each episode, one of the hosts covers a different woman from all kinds of media. Uh, some of the characters already covered are a Kitty Pride from the X-Men, Ooh. Uh, where they talk about the dreaded hypersexualized posing for comic book oh my covers. gosh. Uh, <laughs> always good. Uh, they talk about General Kuvira from Legend of Korra, yeah. uh, and empathetic villain. Um they talk about Starfire from Teen Titans and early comics, the difference that a woman writer and artist can make on a character. Um I hear a lot about Starfire, but I don't actually know anything about Starfire first yeah. firsthand. She's one of those characters that I always like, I know of peripherally, but mm-hmm. I've never actually like read anything about Starfire. Um also Captain Phasma from Star Wars, and that her character deserves so much better oh than what God. she got. What a wasted what opportunity. A w- Ugh. I mean that really does describe a lot of the stars a lot of Star Wars um, and so many more <laughs> uh, get ready for rants and tangents about problematic tropes the evils of capitalism and the importance of representation nestled in amongst fangirling nerding out and celebrating characters we love you can find the wench bench wherever podcasts can be found as well as on Twitter and Instagram at wench bench pod yeah uh, it's my turn right mm-hmm. yeah I watched I rewatched there was a lot of rewatching The Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. I have had the month from hell.
0: That's um,
1: true. Just straight out of Mordor, if you will, is kind of what my life has felt like over the last month. The Eye of Sauron truly is looking down on you. The Eye of of Sauron is upon me, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I needed to watch something comforting. Even though I also really needed to finish the Almighty Johnsons and Lord of the Rings, let me tell you, is not short. Um, But I needed it. But it's good. It is good. I needed it. I needed. I needed Frodo Baggins and Sam (laughs) Gamgee. I needed them. Um, So we we rewatched the Fellowship of the Ring. You all know what the Lord of the Rings is, right? I don't need to sum it up for you. Frodo gets Frodo inherits an evil ring, and he has to take it to get rid of it, accompanied by. His good friend and future lover, <laughs> Sam Gamgee, um, who's the best character in any piece of media ever. Um, anyway, I still love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I love, I love the Fellowship of the Ring in particular. Um, I love Hobbits. I just, I love, I, I want to do a Lord of the Rings episode someday, but rewatching, um, one of the things I find really endearing about these movies is the fact that they're so, Aware of being movies. Like, Peter Jackson is using every camera angle. You're constantly aware of the camera in a way that I think a lot of directors do not want you to be. Like, they're using the camera to, like, evoke a feeling or something like that, right? Whereas Peter Jackson, it feels like in The Lord of the Rings is like, you are watching a movie. Here's a reminder that you are watching a movie in in a similar way I think to how George Lucas uses like star wipes and that kind of thing um to evoke like an older cinematic style that's very aware of being a movie. Uh and I find that really endearing. Is it it does it feel modern now? No. It it does feel a little antiquated, but I don't think that's bad in terms of how the movie works. I really like it. And I still love Lord of the Rings. I would lay down my life for Sam Gamgee, um, and that's every. I still. I'm sorry. I don't care about Aragorn and Boromir. <laughs> I just don't. I don't care about Gondor. Um, I don't know what to say for myself. I think. I think it's the least interesting story. But everything that happens with hobbits, I'm absolutely riveted. I'm eyes on the screen. Unable to look away. I love hobbits a lot. Um, and that's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that's
0: the last sentence that you
1: want for that. You could put that on my tombstone. <laughs> um, it's the best
0: summation of my life. Oh my
1: God. Um, I'm uh, just a girl who loves hobbits.
0: Let <laughs> to get you a shirt that says it. I read Wayward Sun, which is the second, the sequel to Carry On by Rainbow Rowell.
1: We can't do this again. I'm gonna go with Raúl,
0: and I'll let you have it. Yeah, um, it is the follow-up. So essentially, this book—I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. This book is you this, stop. <laughs> this book is about Simon and Baz mostly after after they save everybody and kind of like what happens after, in which um, hold
1: on Raúl Raúl
0: okay. Um so essentially what happens, Agatha, who is useless, and she is. I'm so sorry. She has so much potential to be really cool, but she truly is useless. Um, she moves to California to try and live a normal life. She doesn't really want magic in her life. Um, ends up finding uh a hippie girl who probably goes to Coachella a lot, and <laughs> essentially gets falls in falls into a cult. Where she get they go on a retreat and she's like, Agatha, come with me. It'll be fun. Um, Agatha just doesn't really give a shit. So she's like, whatever. So that's what Agatha's doing. And then in England, I believe they're in England, Baz, Penny, and Simon are living, and Penny is super smart, so no surprise, she's doing well for herself. That and like I think she's in school, Baz is in school, also doing very well for himself. And Simon's like, I really like this couch, and I like to eat in the watch the tv and like that's kind of all simon does clearly simon's depressed and of course you know it starts with baz being like simon doesn't love me anymore and simon being like i'm not good enough for baz and you're just like really this is how it's gonna go this is this is what we're gonna do we're gonna do this okay okay i guess you're letting me know early um simon still has his wings so he can still fly which is sweet but he still does not have any magic um if you can say having wings still is not having magic um, we'll go with that. And they, uh, Agatha, they think something's wrong with Agatha because she's not texting Penny back, even though she doesn't text Penny back often because, um, Cl- Penny and Agatha just need to date. It's, it's so clear. It's so clear, um, that they need to date. And it's, and Agatha is just really not, not having it. And I'm just like, Agatha, what's wrong with you? Clearly, I'm right. And so they go and they have a road trip across america in which they crazy some crazy things happen um, and they find some more vampires and they kill some and they go they go to a renaissance fair and simon is simon and baz are offended very offended like this is what they think england's like it's very it's very funny um yeah i i won't spoil the rest for you for it because i thought it i really liked What happened in the end It was really good And I think there's a lot to say I think it did Baz and Simon really well In their follow-up story Of like What happens after Especially I think I liked most um, Mostly it's the story With Baz I like Baz the most So it's not surprising I thought um, He was being challenged In a way that I felt Was really really interesting And he just so Desperately loves Simon So desperately loves Simon And he's just doing Anything he can To keep Simon around and Simon's a piece of shit, so that I love. Simon is Harry and and Baz is clearly Draco. So that's what it is. Um, and Agatha and Penny are like you wanna say they're Ron and Hermione, but I don't necessarily think that they are. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I can't wait to read the next one. It definitely was much more angsty um than the first one, and but the character Development is really good, and the things that happen are really good. And it's so it's despite being really angsty, I think it's a lot more fun. <laughs> it was good, and I'm glad that Simon was able to keep his wings. <laughs> it's one of those sentences
1: that, like, I've read this
0: book, so I'm just like,
1: good for him. <laughs> it's all he's got going for him. <laughs> um, this is super short because. What I did was super short. Uh, I played a game called Oma Liev or Liev. I'm not 100% sure how it's said. Um, which if you bought the HIO anti racism bundle last summer, you also own this game. Um, it is a very short, like 20 minutes, uh, vignette game where you play, um, alternately, I think a child and then maybe a, a teenager or maybe an adult, um, old enough to drive a car. Um, you play, you play a version uh, where you play this this person who is out picking mushrooms with their grandmother um, and they have just I think moved across the country and their parents are you know kind of going through it um, and so they as they're picking mushrooms like their their grandmother kind of um, uh, encourages them to open up and talk about what's bothering them and it's just very sweet very short um, vignette about you know, relationships and, and opening up and um, family and that kind of thing. And it, this is maybe a spoiler. It's like an emotional spoiler, I guess. Um, it, games are such that. What are they? <laughs> the, when I play a game like this, I expect it to be sad. Um, that's just what games have encouraged me to think. Uh, and it is not sad. That's good. it is like wistful um it's very sweet it is not tragic which is what i expected um
0: hopefully you weren't looking for just something tragic no i i have a
1: you know in the same way that i have a movie jar i have a game jar Mm. um and i happened to pull this one out so um it i was not i had no expectations for it in fact it was just this one sounded interesting i pulled it out of the jar let's see what it's all about um, I really liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, I thought the art style was nice. Um, it's just kind of a nice little exper- experience. I happened to play it on like one of the first really rainy days of fall, which was a nice mood to play it in. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was good. If you want if you already own the bundle, like you might as well play it. Uh, if you don't own the bundle, the game itself is 2.99 on itch. like that's nothing. Um, and it was really sweet. I thought it was really good.
0: All right. Um, last thing I got is I watched all three seasons of Sex Education, and there's a lot that happens. I watched three seasons, so I'm not going to go through a ton of it. Um, so Sex Education is about a boy named Otis. This is, takes place in England in, um, at a, I guess it's a private school, a school that is sex crazed. Uh, everyone loves to have sex, think about sex, or wants to have sex, and they haven't yet. Um, Otis, uh, we find out that Otis is really good at giving sex advice. His mother is a sex therapist, and I guess that's um, a family trait. And he gets with, uh, oh god, what's her name? Maeve, who is cool as fuck. Too cool for Otis. I'm so sorry. I I don't ship them. And... um they get together and decide to start a business in which he gives out sex advice and for money. Um, that's kind of what happens in the first season and things progress and uh, he still gives sex advice, but it's not for money. And you meet some really great characters like Maeve, who is a girl who her family left her essentially. And she's just um, essentially taking care of herself and she's super, super smart Um, she writes like everyone's essays for money and things like that. And she never gets, um, people don't think she's as smart as she is except for one teacher who is awesome. I love that teacher. And you kind of see part of the three seasons you see is her, um, kind of coming into her own and having confidence in herself and realizing she doesn't have to. She has to fight for what she has, but she doesn't have to necessarily have to fight in the way that she has been. She can fight for the things that she can be, not what she is. And, um, her story is really good. And then there's his best friend, Eric, who Eric is perfect. Eric is wonderful. Eric is Otis's best friend who is gay and kind of goes through these three seasons in which finding himself and what that means, um, in his life. Like, what does it mean to be gay in the life that he is living? Um, I have feelings about, so, okay, this is spoilers. If you haven't finished season three, this is spoilers. He ends up with Adam. I hate Adam so much to the point where like towards the end, I was just fast forwarding through his stuff and it's not Adam's fault. I don't like how the show treats Adam. It's just like Adam is, if you've watched Skins, Adam is supposed to be Tony, but only if Tony was really depressed and nothing but bad things happened to him. I feel like someone was like, I hate Tony. <laughs> so let's just air. Just, yeah, I mean, fair. But he has no personality. He, uh, except for like his love of a dog, which is fair as well but everything bad happens to him. Like he gets shipped off to military school in which he finds he actually likes and that there are other game game boys there. Um, but then someone plants um weed in his stuff and he gets tossed out of there, has to go back. And all these, it, like it's just his dad is the Dean and his dad is really dumb and not a good dad. And all these things happen. And I'm just like, I'm so sick of seeing Adam go through this, but I also don't like Adam, so I'm getting nothing from this. And for some reason, he gets to be with Eric, who is one of the most beautiful, eccentric, great, hilarious people ever. And he should thank his, his, his choice, his choices that got him here every moment of every single day. Um, the show is really, really funny. It also includes Amy who is a perfect human, Um, her story that she kind of goes through all of it is... um, I really liked her story that she she got... um, This is also spoilers. She rides the bus and um, while on the bus on her way to school... It's a public bus. A man um, came on her, like, totally just on the bus with everybody watching and she's like, uh, like... Help and no one did anything. And she didn't see it as sexual assault. She's just like, Oh, that sucks, but okay. And she ends up, she can't get on the back on the bus. She, she's, she's trying to pretend like it, it wasn't bad. And Maeve takes her to the, to the police station. I was like, you have to say something. You were sexually assaulted. And she's just kind of like, No, you know, it's fine. And her story is kind of coming to the realization that she was. And um, taking back that power and, um, and finding herself in it. I, f- I love Amy and it's not just because she decides to be a baker and she's bad at it and then she's suddenly mm-hmm. really good. And also she makes these beautiful cupcakes that are all different types of, um, vaginas because she thinks hers is weird, but turns out all of them look different. And so she makes all the different ones and cupcakes to pass out <laughs> so people know. Um, She's great. And then there's, um, God, what is her name? Ruby's great. Jackson's fine. Ola's great. The one person, oh, Lily. Lily is wonderful and deserves her own show. Lily is a girl who loves, who's obsessed with sex, spends the first season trying to find someone to have sex with her. Um, it's also obsessed with write, uh, drawing comics in which there's lots of tentacle porn. Um, she ends up, this is, I don't know why what's going on with this school, but she's able to do a, a musical version of, I want to say it's Romeo and Juliet. I don't fucking know. It's a William Shakespeare, um, but she changed it into a space opera type thing with lots of uh, alien sex and tentacle sex. And like people come out dressed as like vaginas, like giant ones. And it's very, very good. Um, the last season was really, really good. um um, the last season's really good because they get a new dean because they end up being the school gets a bad reputation for all the sex going on and also there's a syphilis outbreak which there actually isn't a syphilis outbreak uh what i really liked about the last season is they get a new a new dean i don't know if that's what they call the headmaster and it's hope and hope is like cool 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 girl i'm a cool girl and um she's like introduces herself by like dancing but not like embarrassingly on the stage And everyone's like yeah yeah this is cool turns out no she wants to like everything is super strict we're gonna have like you have to walk in single file line you can't learn anything about sex abstinence only um all this stuff and she ends up just being absolutely awful and um her story is very good there's a lot to talk about this and here's the gist of it it's a good show I think it would be really good for us to do an episode on it. It would be really interesting. Uh, one of the things I find is the most interesting about this show is, I mean, there's a lot, but one of the things I think is so interesting is, um, it's kind of hard. It's not hard, but you find yourself asking, when does this take place? Because it, there are times I'm like, is this the sixties? Is this the, is this the eighties? And then someone picks up a cell phone and you're like, well, I guess not um and I thought that was a really interesting choice and I know that the creators did that on purpose and I can't remember what the reason was but it it makes some really interesting choices and I really like them and I think it's a good show that's all I gotta say justice for Lily forever uh that's it for this episode nailed the shit out of this (laughs) someone said on this video oh my god okay
1: (laughs) that's it for this episode you can find us on at of which has links to our social media all our past episodes and our amazing podcast network, Penwich studio. Check them out. If you like us, you will find something else to enjoy. Um, if you like this podcast, consider leaving us a review on your podcast service of choice or just shouting it into the wind. Um, that helps too. Uh, I don't know how, but it does. Uh, we'll feel it in our hearts. Um, next time. So I have us planned out now through mid January. Cause that's what my life is like. Um, we are going to be... There will be no new episode November 8th uh, because I am going on vacation. Hell yeah. I am going to New York and I'm going to see Hadestown. Hell yeah. So that's happening. Uh, next, we will be doing Almighty Johnson's. Uh, and then we will be doing the Bond Daniel Craig films, including the newest one, No Time to Die. Um, then I believe we will be taking a break, if I remember correctly. That will be the break. And then we will be doing in November... New Moon, the second of the Twilight books and the movie, and Dairy Girls, which is a commission from our friend Bailey. Uh, in December, we will be taking a break. We will not be taking an entire break, but we will only be doing what we've been up to episodes, and we will be doing two of those. Yeah. Um, well, actually, we'll be doing three of them because I want to take the whole month of December off. Yes, please. So um, we will be taking the month of December off, which means that we will return January 17th with a full episode um which at this point will probably be the vampire diaries part 2 we have been freed from our commitment um of the originals and legacies oh, thank god um, we have been freed from that commitment but we will we we will do the remaining seasons of the vampire diaries proper
0: i kind of want to watch the newer one cuz it looks
1: absolutely bad you chase your bliss i know I will not be joining you. No, I know. Um, but that is the current plan. It may change, but as of right now, we will return January seventeenth with an episode on the on the Vampire Diaries seasons five through eight. Um, after that, we are in kind of a flexible zone. We may have a commission or two. We may have. We may be coming back with some some Hellblazer and Fruits Basket. It's just going to depend. On a few things. On a few things. Um, Thank you to everybody who voted in that uh, disaster of a Twitter poll. Uh, It was 50-50 all the time (laughs) on whether it was going to be Hellblazer or Fruits Basket. And then I'm the asshole who voted in my own poll on my personal account to tie it up again because I wanted Hellblazer. Um, And then I think someone broke the tie as Fruits Basket and then somebody else came in and tied it up again with Hellblazer. Thank you to everybody for making that the most chaotic. So cool. we're just doing both. So we're just going to do both. That's what I decided we were going to do because it, clearly nothing was going to win on Patreon. It also tied. So you guys just really want us to do both is is what I'm taking yes, away. Yes, answer. This. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we cool. will be back next week with the Almighty Johnsons, and that's it. All right, catch you on the flip side. <laughs>